Hey, welcome back to First Take. I'm your host, Lance, and I'm here with this week's co-host, Devin Jade. That's me. All right, so we are back, and we are going to be talking about a new movie out called Eighth Grade. Eighth Grade. We get some fast facts. Written and directed by Bo Burnham. Burnham. Hey, you got it right. Nice. nice. There you go. This is, okay, this is rated R. This is the biggest and most recent movie from A24. A24, what is that? That's the little indie production company responsible for last year's mega um, successful Lady Bird. That's where I knew that from. I go. remember the production A24. logo. They do a lot of really like low-key indie stuff. Loki? Yeah. It's owned by Tom Hiddleston. <laughs> nice. That's cool. Um, no, it's Good not. Good job, that Hank was, Williams. That was a joke there. What? Hank Williams? He did a movie where he played Hank Williams. Oh. You gotta keep up, man. This is a movie I'm podcast. 17. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the last time we had uh, Devin Jade on the podcast, he was probably 12. It's disgusting. 13 years old. <laughs> Yes. It's been a while since we've uh, done these, so... It's been quite some time. Yeah, we decided to hang it up until Devin, Devin Jade finished high school. I'm somehow more annoying, you'll find, <laughs> than I was. All right. It's a challenge of sorts. This movie is a solid hour and a half long. Solid hour and a half. rated R, which super fast on that. It's a pretty soft R, I would think. You it's know. rated R? Yeah, oh, exactly. Wow. See? <laughs> So it's pretty, I mean, the biggest thing that I can think of is language. That's it. I think there's like sure. three F-bombs. Right. Across like the one that they need to have. Yeah, I That's guess. That's like all that I can think of that yeah. would cross that line. Um, Man, that's... Uh, I'm not sure how I feel about that. About it being rated R? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because like... Because I was... Th- and watching the movie, I remember thinking like... What is this rated? Because I want to. I would want eighth graders to be able to see this movie. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. You know, like I, I had that thought twice. I want as many people as movie. possible to see right. this movie. Right. I was like, I hope they can see this. I hope this is not rated R. Yeah. But I didn't know what it was rated while it's we were watching it. It's definitely rated R. Wow. Okay. Well. Okay. We'll, we'll 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 get to that. Okay. A little bit more. Um. This has got a currently. This keeps changing though because it like just came out. Right. The wide release right now, as I'm looking, is a, it's got a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. Nice. When it first came out in its like initial select theaters release, mm-hmm. I think it was writing 100 for a little bit. Oh wow! For a hot sec. When we went and saw it, it was at like a 95. Right. So this thing is pretty high rolling. Okay. Right now. That's good. 90% on Metacritic. It's got a lot of good buzz. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is basically a movie um, about. It's, it's called eighth, eighth grade. grade. It's about being in the eighth grade. Yeah, right. It's it's uh, a female lead uh, where we follow her through her eighth grade year. So this is a young actress named Elsie Fisher. Yes. Who I believe this is her first uh, role. First, yeah, her debut. I guess I don't know. There's like a word for that, right? Feature yeah. film debut. Feature film I guess. debut. Sure. Yeah. Who is actually, they filmed this a week after she finished 8th grade. So this is an accurate portrayal of right. somebody in that age. Right, so right after she finished 8th grade, she started shooting the movie 8th grade. Yes. And as soon as they wrapped, she went to high school. Yep. And that would have been probably a year ago. 
I'm guessing. Probably. Right. So yeah, she probably just like finished her freshman year. Right. Right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Cool. And this is definitely, I guess we'll just get right into Let's her since we're talking about her. We're talking about her. This is a super genuine and authentic portrayal of a young teenager, I yes. think. She's got acne. Yes. Okay. And that in itself <laughs> is such an awesome thing. Because, like, I mean, you look back at, like, the classics, you know, they, they, they look so pretty. So, like classic like teen movies classic teen movies yeah right right, right. you know like like ferris bueller yes. this titular Every... teenage character right like is so above actual high schoolers right which is like works with the character and stuff like that but even like with breakfast club yeah and everything they're, they're all so yeah breakfast club and pretty in pink and even even like like better off dead right with young john cusack sure like i know what that movie is he's still <laughs> you haven't seen better off dead what is that Oh, you need this. Okay. Really? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Yes. John Cusack, you said? Yeah, he's the lead. I want my $2. Better off dead. Okay. Yep. Put on the cool. list. Well, sure. I trust that that also fits in with what we're talking about. I mean, yes. if it's John Cusack, right. he's a pretty guy. He looks very pretty. Yeah. And beautiful. And like all, like, yeah. The point is mo- most. Elsie Fisher is not not pretty. <laughs> that is true. Let's not. We're not saying, oh yeah, a real life ugly teenager. No, it's not what not we're ugly. saying. She's it's not just ugly at all. It doesn't seem ridiculous for this person actually to be in the eighth grade because she literally was just in eighth grade when right. she was in this movie. She looks like a real person. She doesn't. Yeah, look like she fake, looks like a real a fake person. High schooler. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yes, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. So okay, let me let me ask you this question right right off the bat before we get too far into the podcast. Because um, the the relevant question, I think, with people thinking about going to the movies or even listening to this podcast, should you see it in three ex- D or two D? <laughs> That's the big question. <laughs> if you have That's the opportunity what I remember us talking to pay about. the D box money, <laughs> then do it because it's not the same. That's all it. I remember us talking about when I did this podcast That's and we right. talked about Star Trek Into Darkness. Right. And, and we the did Avengers. The same thing with Avengers and is it should you should go you see it in 2D, 3D or 2D? Or 3D? <laughs> you know. Right. When do the colors pop? More? Right. Is it worth it to go see the Meg if it's not in 3D? Okay. I'm we'll, so sorry. We'll your that. attention is so important to us. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we value your listening. And a, a regular let's say a regular adult person who's not an 8th grader. Why would they go see this movie? Because, okay, so, well, as a child, I can say that an adult can relate to this movie. For another two weeks, maybe. Sure. I've got, like, a solid month. Almost. Yeah. Is it August already? It's August right wow. now. Wow. Okay. Yeah. You're going to be 18. Got pretty much a month left. You can only play this kid card for a couple more podcasts, so <laughs> go ahead and play it out. It's a rush job. Play it out. So, okay, that was even a joke, too, because, like, right. okay... I would think yeah. that there is so much relatability for anybody to watch what um, Kayla, yes? Kayla. Kayla. Yes, that is, is the character name. What Kayla goes through in this movie because there's, it's a big, scary world and she's trying to fit in. Just simply under that, like, everybody has some of that in some portion of their lives yes. it's a really relatable thing that people go through i mean the more specifics of it you know there's like difference in culture but like what's at the core anybody can get something out of it right and then i wouldn't think that like not knowing anything about the movie i wouldn't think that a movie about the eighth grade would be relatable to me 
Right. But what you're saying is it absolutely is. It definitely is. Right. I agree totally. The, yeah, the, her journey as a whole, because this movie does such a good job of putting you in her shoes right. and feeling what she feels. Yes. Um, and also, I would think, we talked a little bit about this before, like immediately after, was as a parent, you had something com- like a completely unique experience. Yes. Watching yes. her as a parent and also relating to the dad and also not relating to the dad character. Correct. 100%. I mean, not 100. Well, not sure, you can, it. you can. But, but yes, I, I was able, I was able to relate to to her character just because she's a real like human being going through real stuff that we all go through, like in a in a new job or a new relationship or whatever, in a new situation, you're unsure of yourself. You you try to do things to make yourself, you know, <laughs> more confident or seem more confident while you're actually trying to be more confident. And all these things that she goes through are things that, yeah, kids go through in that age group. Kids go through in high school. Mm-hmm. Adults go through all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's 100% relatable. You know, but it, it the movie takes place in eighth grade. And yeah, and also if you're if you're a parent, there there is uh, you know parent characters in the movie too who are trying to deal with trying to communicate with their pubescent children you know and mm-hmm. and what a challenge that can be sometimes and if there's parents out there of of middle school age kids this is definitely relatable in that sense mm-hmm. too you know you may not make the same choices as the parents in the movie good or bad you know you can relate to the 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 choices that they have 100 percent. i right. could relate to the choices and relate to the situations and relate yeah. to what what right. they're feeling and, and going through definitely Yes. And I, I think r- relatability, is there a better word for that? I don't know. It sounds weird. Relatability. It's relative. What? Nothing. Okay. <laughs> um, as far as relating to the movie, I think that that concept is one that's being talked about a lot with this specific movie. Right. Because it's a movie about eighth grade, about a girl going through the end of her eighth grade year, written by a late 20 something male stand up comedian named Bo Burnham. Right. That was going to be my next point. I was going to say, okay, so this is written and directed by Bo Burnham. Who is Bo Burnham? Tell us what why why who is this? I do show with great pleasure tell you about <laughs> Bo Burnham, my idol, okay? <laughs> Bo Burnham is a stand up comedian, okay. which is the closest thing you can say to encapsulate what he is because he is so much more. I feel like he doesn't accurately fit into that but that's like he's a 25 year old stand up comedian writing and directing a movie about an 8th grade girl sure this is the, his first time ha- be, uh, being behind the camera in right. a movie like he's he's had like little roles before as a comedian but this is his first time behind the camera yeah like helming something right um i've known him for a couple years now not from, personally but yeah you've known i've his known work. of him right admired from afar from his um, comedy specials on Netflix. Right. Um, he has a couple comedy specials yes, on Netflix you can check out. What and Make Happy. What? Exactly. Got it. And I recommend both of them so much. Yep. I showed them to you yep, I'm leading up to this movie because I thought they'd be very important it was. to watch. I think the most relevant one to talk about in relation to this movie is Make Happy. Right. I think. 
Um, that's the second one that we watched. Which is actually the first one. Well, yeah. No, it was the first one that w- we watched, but the second oh, one chronologically. I showed oh, okay. you it first because what is a lot more to digest. It's weirder. Right. What? Um, what? what? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but make happy. It's it's centered around, and he's very he's very clear with this and transparent with this. He talks mm-hmm. about it. Um, it's it's about his role as a performer, essentially, and he he talks a lot about how he wants to not try to convince people that there's like this relationship between him and his audience it's a very individual experience that he has on stage Mm -hmm. um and he wants to be at a place where he can live without an audience Mm -hmm. but he doesn't know how to get there without performing and like that show is his way of exploring the idea of of being self-sufficient in that sense Mm -hmm. um and his entire final act is astonishing and really moving i think Mm -hmm. the whole concert thing with the chipotle doesn't sound that moving when i say it like that but yeah totally um yep i seriously cannot recommend that special enough uh but he talks about social media in that and i'm gonna kind of paraphrase off of memory he says that social media something along the lines of social media being the market's answer to like a generation of people that need to perform right so like performers that need an audience so then like with social media you've got like this blend of performer and audience that makes everything just get crazy and psychotic right so like with with twitter and with snapchat stories and with instagrams you're performing everything all the time right and i think that's that's relative across the age range right exactly anybody who's on social media at any age i think has experienced that to some degree or another you you it's you kind of have fall into that trap very easily of you know it's fun to put out your best self or a version of your best exactly. self you're convincing to the world. people that you live an interesting look life look at my great life exactly. and like and my this, pictures and like this really nice meal like that me. i'm having and whatever right look at my and all food. that stuff look at how funny my friends are right. and whatnot right and how to much get that they like me self validation exactly um and and um and once you get it you want more exactly it's addictive. Right. It really is. So what was the Chipotle? Sort of, what? What was the Chipotle? The Chipotle... Did the intro just play again? It's fine. Okay. Um, the Chipotle thing is in like... In the stand-up. In the stand-up, yeah. He mentions Chipotle. Yeah, is he, he talks about like when he's at Chipotle and he orders a bunch of stuff and then they're wrapping the burrito, but it's too much to fit inside the burrito. And right. he's like, dude, you should have warned me. You're the burrito expert. Right. I wouldn't have got the lettuce if I knew it wouldn't fit. I wouldn't have got the cheese if I knew it wouldn't fit. He's, bas- he's basically right. like, he's like, look, these are my problems and I'm relating to you and this is what comedy is. But then he peels that away and goes like, I have a steadily declining mental health and I don't know what to do about it. All I know how to do is tell jokes. And then he goes back to the Chipotle thing, and suddenly that becomes like, oh my god, is he okay? Right. <laughs> type thing. Okay. Where you get to like peek under the performing thing. I remember. Because I remember he brought that up again when he did the interview on The Daily Show. And he, he brought that's up right, Chipotle. That's right, that's right, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I, I didn't realize at the time that it was that tied back into his stand-up. That interview with Trevor Noah on The Daily Show is something that's very beneficial i think to watch before seeing eighth grade that is very true i found that is very true if you can just hop on youtube and check out bo burnham on the daily show with trevor noah yeah it's a solid interview that's a a perfect it's absolutely i'm so glad that i watched that before seeing it right um 
is one of the things that he talks about. He he talks about how like connecting this all back to how he can carefully craft a story around a girl in eighth grade, bringing it back to that. Right. He talks in the interview about how he received a lot of like fan discussion, I guess, from from his fans that were eighth grade girls saying like, "What you talk about having anxiety on stage? That's me. That's me." in school like that's absolutely what i go through you get it and like he's kind of like gotten this little or at least in his early days he got a lot of rep for being like a comedian for eighth grade girls Mm -hmm. where like that everything that he talked about which i don't think it's like just what eighth grade girls go through it's just like everything that they're going through and he's willing to peel everything back to show that that doesn't leave right type thing so he, he talks about that in the interview, which I think is perfect to understand and like trust him with this kind of story. Mm-hmm. Um, he also says, Trevor Noah asks him, like, what do you want people to take away from this movie mm-hmm. when I go see it? And he said, like, I don't really know if I want you to take away anything. I just want you to feel. Just go and feel. And me, being right. a somewhat long-term fan of Bo Burnham, mm-hmm. when I heard he was making a movie and I know how, like, dense and intellectual his uh stand-up comedy is and how he like dissects the form as he utilizes it and it's like genius the way that he does it i was like sweet he's gonna like dissect how movies work and it's gonna be so meta and awesome because all his stuff is so meta and awesome right if i if i didn't hear him say (laughs) just go and feel i think i would have been somewhat disappointed by this movie Right, because, thinking it was going to be something else right, that exactly. you created in your mind based on your expectations that it was not at all. Right, yeah. It, it, it's not like some big PSA right. at all. Right. Literally, just if you go in to feel, you'll get so much out of that movie. But right, because like, I think a lot of times people like will go into a movie, I mean, maybe rightly so or wrongly so, not to judge that, but they would go in having to figure out what, what is the movie saying? What is this movie saying? What's, right. the, what's yeah. the theme of the movie? You know, right. what is the point of view of this movie? And this movie didn't doesn't come across to me as trying to tell you something, like it doesn't give you the answer mm-hmm. to eighth grade mm-hmm. or this is, tell you this is what you need to think about this or about her or about anything. But what it does a great job is just, it lets you know if you're willing to go on the ride. It lets you know and gives you a, a specific experience of this is what it feels like. This is what eighth grade feels like, and that's enough. Yeah, totally. And it's also it's also good that you brought up uh, like trying to tell you like this is what you should do mm-hmm. in this situation or anything like that. It's not like right. a PSA for eighth graders, which is really interesting to think about because a common thing in the movie mm-hmm. is the main character Kayla making a series of YouTube videos staring right. at the camera and saying this is what you should do right. in this situation right. this is how you put yourself out there quote unquote mm-hmm. this is how you be more confident which it, and it totally doesn't come across as the movie telling you that which I, and and this also beautifully ties into Bo Burnham in himself and and why he perfectly understands that paradigm from the eighth grade girl standpoint because in his stand-up and going out there and performing, mm-hmm. he's desperately trying to figure out how to learn by teaching, 
Mm-hmm. You know, he, he points out things that he thinks are worth pointing out to people so that he can find something. Sure. Or at least that's what it comes across. Sure. As. And that's something that teachers are very aware of is that the, the best way to really learn something is to try to teach it to somebody else. Right. Exactly. So we, we, we watch Kayla go through these really, really hard and high stakes situations, which may look silly in retrospect of your own life, but this movie portrays them as the grand spectacles that they are. Right. And you because watch they are. Because they are. In that moment of your life. Exactly. They are. Yeah. Um, they do mean the world to you because that's your world in, right. in that point in your life. Right. But we watch her go through these events and then talk about them in the past tense and you watch her try to learn and things like that. It, it really, I guess if you were to take any sort of message, it's just like to, to, to like listen to yourself, you know, mm. cause there's a lot of times where she gives advice that you watch her not listen to. Right. And, and she even, she gets invited. There's, there's this point in the movie where she gets invited to a pool party and the person that invited her didn't want to, but her parents made her. Mm-hmm. So she ends up going and just feels like so out of place the whole time. And then later she talks, or we hear her talking in the video that she makes afterward as it's happening. Mm-hmm. And she says in the video that she was the one with the birthday party and she had to invite the right, weird right. girl and stuff like that. So like you, you watch her try to make sense of these situations. So mm-hmm. it's not like this PSA pointed at you. You're just, those videos are just a way for you to see inside. Right even more than you already are because right. the movie already does a great job of ma- being really subjective right and putting you in your head but that's just another way to show you right what social media does essentially yeah in its own weird way yeah totally and and again i think it does it to everybody right i think people feel the same the same thing across all ages so i think that and as many people should see this movie as possible. Mm. And I highly recommend seeing it with a lot of people at the same time. As many people as you can. Mm. We saw it in a relatively small theater. Mm-hmm. You were only you were the only person I knew in there, but mm. there were still a good handful of people right. there. And one of the most interesting things about it was listening to all the different things people reacted to. Mm. Yes. Like there was like a couple of friends Mm -hmm. to the back and to the right that were both girls and lost it at moments where the rest of the theater was quiet. Right. And there were parts where like the older dudes laughed, Mm -hmm. you know, like chuckled under their breath and parts where I lost it. No one else did. Right. Right. So stuff like that is really interesting of how like this slice of life is so true and raw and genuine. You get to hear it. Right. In the theater. I think it's, it's definitely a theater experience if you can get it. Right. Which yeah. means go see it now. Yes. Because it might not be in the theaters that long. Please don't let much, this movie flop. How much money it, it doesn't makes. deserve to flop. <laughs> <laughs> it really doesn't. They yeah. did so much good work in this movie. And and depending on where you live, it, it may or may not be easy to find, too. Right. Because it's, it's, you know, it's not a huge, it's not a superhero movie. Right. Or anything. So you might have to look for it. But if you can find it anywhere, definitely go go see it. I put together a list. A list? A list. Yes. Um, of like things to talk about for this movie for this movie specifically, just okay. in case we hit like a roadblock or anything. Okay. I actually I wrote down the three D joke just to make sure that I didn't <laughs> forget it. Um, nice. Is okay. So I have acting on here. We kind of talked a little bit about Elsie Fisher's performance. 
Yeah. She's fantastic. Fantastic. She's not, not so a good. False note. Nope. In the whole performance. Not one. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, she's amazing. There's literally like. Yeah, my my question, the only question in my mind was, and what we talked about was, I was just wondering. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. How much, that. how much dialogue is was improvised, or how much of it is actually written out? Because the, the there's such a specific and true way that she speaks mm-hmm. with pauses and ums and likes and um and you know and things like that that are right. so natural and they're completely believable. Right. Like you said, there's no false note. There's nothing that takes you out of it right. anywhere. Right. So if, if I mean if most of that was improvised, then wow, go her. Yeah. You know, that's great. Because that's hard to do. It's that's, very that's it's really very hard, hard to do. To do. It's yeah. very hard to do and maintain, yeah, the flow and everything. But on the other hand, if it was all written out, then wow, <laughs> then even mm-hmm. more so. That, that's even more props to her. Yes. Of taking that on paper and making it seem so true, and, and also props, props to, to Bo. Yes. For writing that. Right. I don't know if he did write all that up, but it doesn't really matter. It was just a. It was just something. It's to props to everyone. Head. Props all around. You know, <laughs> right. distribute them. Either as way, it is fairly. It's good. We're giving them all to you anyway. Right. 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 Um. Can we talk about the dad? Sure. Let's talk about the dad. He was so good. <laughs> I love him. I, I loved watching him. I saw him make so many decisions. Right. Like, as an actor, I, I was there for his whole thought process, which I think is interesting for this movie because it's so much in her head. Right. But, like, he was still, like, so real with everything that was happening. Like, I, I, I feel like I, I felt for him in not knowing what to do in sure. trying to connect with his daughter. Right. Which is hard to do when we're when the movie is very much from her perspective, right? And she is somebody that just saw him as just somebody that doesn't understand. He just doesn't get it, and mm-hmm. he's trying so hard that it's annoying. Mm-hmm. And that's like all that we get of her perception towards him mm-hmm. until like a little. Obviously, there's like more to it there that evolves throughout the movie. But essentially, that's what you get from her perspective, and we're living in her perspective. But I still get so much from him. Mm-hmm. And so much life and and all these decisions. Like no, it's said. it's true. Like especially for for a movie about like a teenager mm-hmm. or a t- teenage person in the lead role, there's there's a lot more dad than I would have thought there mm. was. Like yeah. there was a moment in the movie where I actually thought, "Wow, we're getting a lot of dad stuff." <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> representation. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, representation for the dads. Yeah. You know, and and yeah, the, his character was way more fleshed out than I think you usually get in a movie like this. Mm-hmm. It's about the kids, but but yeah, that character was really. Parents in teen movies are often pretty cartoonish. Very true. And, yes, and yes. one-sided, very non-dimensional. Right. So you don't get that with him. No, not not at all. And and it's not it's not only do you get the the feeling of like what's it like to be a parent to an eighth grader to a middle schooler and how difficult that can be and the the challenges that come with that. But then there's also the shade of being a a single parent. Mm -hmm. And so there's that thing going on too, which is, which is specific in its own way, Mm -hmm. you know, but, but yeah, but that whole relationship was really, really well done. I mean, it was, it was just interesting. It was very interesting to me as a parent too, like looking at it, sitting next to you. Yeah. As, which was really interesting because <laughs> I, I had a lot of moments where I like sunk into like the eighth grader inside still. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. everybody has that kid in us that gets scared and gets excited. And I, I really 
went into that with this movie. It, it does a really good job at helping you do that. Right. And in that, and really being in Kayla's shoes or her head as much as I could be, mm-hmm. um, watching the dad try to explain to her how unconditional love and pride works like that parental love that so many people like it it just seems inexplicable Mm -hmm. like you just have a kid and your world flips upside down and everything changes that's what everybody says Mm -hmm. about it there's no it doesn't explanation doesn't really go more than that but to see somebody try to figure it out and explain it to his daughter so that she gets it Mm -hmm. and then being in her shoes there was a lot in right. that, a lot right. of emotional yeah. um, stuff, I guess, <laughs> Right for me, which was really cool. Animated even more so sitting next to you and wondering what you were going through. Mm-hmm. And, like, it was really cool because I sat there wondering, and, and I was like, I wonder, <laughs> I was like, I wonder if I'm going to talk about this in the podcast and be like, yeah, it was so nice to watch a dad talk about loving his kid. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I wish my dad did that. <laughs> I vicariously enjoyed that. I, I want to see it again just so like, I can feel that one more time. Just get as much of it as I can. No, 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 no. <laughs> but it's sitting there and, and experiencing that, right. you know, and, and watching him portray that so well in mm-hmm. a way where, like, I feel like I could understand. Because that's a really hard thing, like, for a parent, like, to, like, like me, where you and my mom, mm-hmm. when I don't feel good about myself, and I'm like, why would you still be proud of me? And it feels like all I get back is just cuz, cuz it's so inexplicable, like that kind of love. It's just mm-hmm. like, I'm proud of you because you mm-hmm. type thing, where like that's all you can get from the kid perspective. Mm-hmm. But like he gave such a fleshed out performance, and I could, I felt like I saw all of it going on inside him. I felt like I understood it. Mm-hmm in a way that I kind of haven't before, right. which was really cool. And then I wondered what you were going through, and I was like, I wonder if he's in the dad's shoes or if he's getting this as a kid too. <laughs> yeah, it was interesting because both happened. That's cool. <laughs> but, and there were, there were times when I, I related more to her than I did to him. <laughs> well, I mean, there's that kid inside of everybody. Of so course. Yeah. Of course. But the thing is, but the thing is, is like, both of them, both characters, are are scared, mm-hmm. and they don't know exactly what to do, but they try their best to do what they think they're supposed to do right. in any given moment, and they're both always putting on a face, putting on a, putting on their best face to try to do what they think they're supposed to be doing. Like that, that even the dad does that, like the whole movie. Yeah. Trying to be, you trying know, really to funny. What's and the right way to exactly? Go about, what's know? the right tone? And when do I put my foot down? And right. when do I be, you know, loose about it? Ex- which is something that all parents go through all the time. It's like, where, where's the balance? You know, when yeah. You... How do you just get to your damn kid? I get it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but um, but he also, you know, he go goes through the things that most parents go through with not always knowing what to say. You know, and, and the right thing to say. And there were, you know, there were times, like I mentioned to you before, that I was like, dude, just tell her how you feel. Tell her just the truth. Tell her the truth. <laughs> exactly. Be yourself. So, you, you know. Punctual. And I, and I wanted to, I wanted him to, to do that because there were times when I was like, it would, be, it would be so much better if she could just know what you're really feeling right now. Mm-hmm. But that's hard. That's hard to do a yeah. lot of times, you know, for 
for parents. But because of that, there were times when I was, I really related to her, you know, and her frustration. And, and even though, like, I, I, got, I would get frustrated at him for not always just being direct and truthful. But then I would get frustrated with her for not listening and right, not yeah. being direct. Like he's doing his best. Truthful. Give him something. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, I get it, I get it. Yeah, you know, but, but yeah, but there were parts where I thought, you know, both of them were, were very brave, you know, and, and, but scared and sometimes not so brave and, um, but just trying to connect with each other, you know, on a human level and it's also parent to child. Yeah. I think everybody in this movie was really good. Yeah. The kids especially. The kids were great. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of them that didn't have that much to do. They had like one right. layered type characters, pretty much just to like get like in world building, right. kind of that sense. But they still like did a really great job with it, right? Of what they were doing, and it, it never yeah. felt like a PSA, right? Type thing, you know, right. it didn't feel cartoonish, right? They did a great job. Yeah. Um, yeah. A couple of things about like form, um, I put cinematography is something I want to talk about okay. a little bit, okay. just like. The visual style. Good form, Peter. Yeah. Um, going into it, being a fan of Bo Burnham, mm-hmm. and he's directing a movie, and I was so curious of like what what this movie's gonna feel like. Sure. What's gonna like? What like. What are his influences? You know. Right. Um, like, is this is this gonna be like on a Wes Anderson type quirky type feel? Right. Is this gonna be on like David Fincher esque? I don't know. I had no idea. I was just curious, right. and I was looking for that. Maybe for the first like five minutes mm-hmm. of the movie, right? And I never thought about it again, <laughs> right? Right, because you instantly were drawn into the characters, yeah. and the story, and then you were there. I don't even think like if if Bo Burnham does end up making more movies, which I really hope he does, because right. it seems he seems to be very good at it from right. this one example. Right. Um, I don't even feel like this movie would be an accurate representation of whatever his style is i really feel like this movie has a very unique voice Mm -hmm. and its own very unique way of telling its own story right like you you see with her eyes and there's a lot of times where there are tracking shots from behind her where you don't actually see her reacting to things you just follow her from like a low angle it's so weird like i I, you never really see that shot Mm mm-hmm like usually you you get like a a shoulders and up tracking shot it's a very like Tarantino thing Mm -hmm. or like the walking long shot always like uses that framing but like there was a really interesting where like her whole torso filled up the frame but you were like from low Mm -hmm. so she was kind of like she felt small Mm -hmm. even though she was filling up most of the frame it felt like she was small Mm -hmm. in all of it and I feel like that that's there's a lot of moments of that where the camera puts you in her head in a lot of ways where like I feel like this isn't necessarily like Bo Burnham's way of directing, but very much this movie figuring out how right. best to put you in its own story, right? Which I think is great. Yeah, yeah, like the story dictated the look. Yeah, totally. It, it felt As exactly to like, like I'm gonna should. make a movie. I'm gonna yeah, make yeah, it look yeah, like yeah. this. And... Yeah, I'm gonna make all these shots symmetrical because right. I like symmetry. Show everybody how and good whatnot. I am. Yeah. It, there was none of that. Right. I, I never felt like he was like needing to make a name for himself in, in, in the film industry. There was nothing that right. felt show-offy in right. that sense. There were some bold choices, mm-hmm. but they served a purpose. Right. Definitely. Just tell the story. Yeah, exactly. 
platform. Yeah. We talk about that. Cool. And um, music. Music. I think mu- music, like, okay. Do you have any initial thoughts? About the music? About the music of this movie. Parts of it were a little jarring to me. Thank I remember you. thinking about the music a little bit more than I might have should have. Might have should Might have should have. Yeah. I learned to spoke. Real good. <laughs> Goodly. In college. Um, should run for president. So there was there was moments when I was like, oh, wow. Like, it kind of took me back. Like, wow, this is a bold music choice. Mm-hmm. And okay, okay, cool. But it was never it was never bad, and it was never really out of context or anything, but... I just I remember certain points being like unique. Well, <laughs> yeah, it was unique. Yeah, definitely. Pulling up the person that did the music, Anna Meredith. There you go. There's a little name drop, um, which is cool. We nice. don't have a lot of um, accomplished female composers. It's the dudes that get a lot of right buzz and stuff. So. Right. Nice job, Anna. What do yeah, you think? Good job. I really liked it, mm-hmm. and I appreciated the moments where it kind of took me out of the movie. Mm-hmm. Because, like, there were well, yeah, I totally like, oh, okay, cool. It didn't feel like anything I'd seen or heard before. It yes. made the movie feel different and unique. Right. And those moments happened when she was entering a strange environment. Yes. And was scared to be there. Yes. And it was definitely a weird experience for her. So I think it was definitely purposeful. Yes, that, in that is sense. very that is very true. The the music was matching emotionally what was happening. And maybe you might not realize how how high the stakes are in that moment for her, mm-hmm. but the music did. Yeah, exactly. It was it was very it was very electronic. Yes. You know? Yes. But also very big. It yes. felt uh, grand, grandiose. Grandiose, sure. You know, but also with a very like new, young, modern electronic feel to it, right? Which I think was, a, which is a cool feat, right. For those two things to mix, right? Um, so it felt unique at times, but you, yeah, like you said, it, it made it made the stakes very clear, right? The music, right? Did. It made the stakes very clear, and I'm I'm probably being I'm being more critical than I probably should because the things that like hit me or thoughts that popped into my head are probably unique to me just because of the fact that like I like write music for a living so I hear that stuff he writes music for a living but I'm saying that's why I, no, I, might I got be you overly, I got you overly critical sure about the musical score for a movie yeah I mean I can relate I took an AP music theory class I feel <laughs> like I, I know my my um, yeah. uh, <laughs> jargon <laughs> I wish that was on purpose. Some people have a way with words. <laughs> I really wish I was clever with that, but that was an authentic moment. No, no but it, it, yeah, I mean, the feel of it was very unique and it made the stakes very clear. Yes, yes, 100%. So in the times where it took you out, it was purposeful, which is all you can ask of music is to support and also add. It augmented the story in places yes. where it should have. Yes. And then the same with like the soundtrack and stuff too. Mm-hmm. We got some um, Enya, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was kind of surprising. Yeah. Yeah. That was in the trailer, too. It was in the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. So that's cool. A lot of good good musical choices, very deliberate. Yes. Much appreciated. Nice. I think that was all I had. All right. Um, Any any other closing thoughts? The last thing I put was cultural significance. Okay. I guess, like, what I mean by that is just looking at 
it as a movie in the real world, which well, we kind of talked about that just talking about Bo Burnham mm-hmm. himself as an artist and where this fits in his progression right. as a performer. Right. Um, so I guess we pretty much covered it. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Go, Go see, see movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> It deserves to be seen, and yes. you deserve to see it. There you, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Thanks, Dad. Nice. Thanks, son. Look at that. See how much love eighth grade puts <laughs> into the world. I hated him before we saw this movie. <laughs> love you, Dad. Love you too. I really wish we had sponsors so that we could follow <laughs> that with an advertisement or something. Right. That was a Kodak moment. That, that was a Kodak moment on a podcast. On a podcast. Okay. Um, cool. Hit us up on uh, on Twitter <laughs> and on Facebook. Because social media. Excellent study of social media (laughs) and its need to perform. Check us out on Twitter. Share it with your friends. Share it with your friends. Because we need the validation. We need the validation. Please, thank you. Please and thank you. (laughs) All right. Later. Don't sing. I'm sorry. It's going to. Oh, really? It'll sound weird because I'm going to play the music over it. Now it's meta. (laughs) It's very meta. Bo Burnham would be proud. 